0: Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go through the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in the city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of The City Confessions. Today, I am joined by Marie-Pierre. She's the founder of new skin fitness brand Urban Flora, and she is a French triathlete and an ex-beauty executive of L'Oreal, Estee Lauder, and Cody. So, hi, Marie-Pierre. How are you? And welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Marianne. So happy to be here with you.
0: I love your accent. I think you are the first person that I've had on with a French accent. So yes, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you introduce yourself to my listeners? Tell us who you are, what you do, and what your relationship is with New York City.
1: Oh my God. Okay, where do I start? Um, Okay, I have been um, in New York City, living in New York City. I chose New York City, I should say, when I was very young. Um, and I've lived here since uh, nonstop since 1994, but my first visit uh, to New York City is 1991, and that's when I fell in love with New York. Um, I'll tell you what I do. Um, I've uh, had my entire career in New York uh, working in cosmetics, luxury cosmetics, but I feel like I'm finally uh, having the opportunity to express who I am through my new brand called Urban Flora. Uh, which is really bringing uh, together everything that makes uh, me who, uh, again, who I am, uh, myself and my co-founder, because we have a lot of passions in common. Um, And those are beauty, obviously, uh, clean beauty, more specifically, and sports and science. Uh, So it's a great opportunity when you can finally sort of bring everything you love together and share that with your customers and with anybody who is willing to listen. Um, It's just amazing. Um, And basically what we do is we have found a way with our um, eminent and leading scientist partner to reproduce the effect of exercise on skin, hair, and nails. Uh, In other words, we have encapsulated in our products the mechanisms that make exercise so good for you, and especially that have um, an anti-aging effect on uh, skin, hair, and nails. Um, And by using our products, you will support the effect of your physical activity and make it even more uh, powerful and more efficient. So, um, you know, we're very excited to uh, be here with you, to be able to talk to that, uh, and also um, uh, to talk to my love of New York, uh, it has been um, really my city. I chose it. I, I was born in Paris, uh, but I chose to spend my life in New York. Um, and I always say, you know, it's like family and friends. You know, you have you have the the friends you choose, and um, and you have them for life. And it's amazing. And for me, New York is the same. It's really the place where my heart beats a little faster. Uh, it's also the place that has the energy I need to do what I want to do and to create what I want to create. It's very creative. It's very um, uh, it's a very enthusiastic uh, city. It's a city that has highs and lows and, and we've all experienced that, especially um, you know recently. Um, but I always say, you know, even in the middle of a pandemic, Uh, Even when it's totally deserted, I think New York is still more exciting than most other places in the world.
0: I love that you mentioned so much of your love for New York City because I'm a native New Yorker. And I did have a moment a few years ago where I was like, oh my God, I am so grateful to call this city my home and to be born and raised here. And I just really love the fact that you mentioned you can choose your home. And that is something really magical because, you know, not everybody can have that choice. And the fact that you saw exactly where you wanted to live and, you know, create your business is so wonderful. So let's dive into Herb and Flora more. I personally have tried the products and I love the sustainability aspect to the products as well. But before we get into that, can you tell me, have you always been an active person and how did you decide to really become, you know, into sports, but then also seeing that correlation with beauty and skincare?
1: So I've always been an active person to a point. Um, you know, I have, I've had different sports uh, in my life. When I was very young, I was a dancer. I was, uh, I played tennis. Uh, then I started swimming. Uh, but I would say it's, it's only really later in life that I I realized what I was capable of. Like I was never a a young athlete. I really became an athlete when I was over 40, which is also amazing because um, you you wouldn't expect that. You know, you would would expect athleticism to start much earlier in life. Uh, And it's really when I discovered um, triathlon that I realized that I could push myself much further than what I thought. And also that, Uh, Being an athlete, especially when you um, start doing endurance sports is as, as much a mental effort and a mental accomplishment as it is a physical accomplishment. And that is the reason why actually a lot of triathletes are older because you have to come to that realization and that takes time in life to realize that actually, um, being an athlete, um, is amazing, not only physically, but also mentally. And um, what you learn when you do endurance sports is how to become very strong in your, in your mind, in your, in your soul, in your head. And it helps you. I always say my meditation is running, is biking, is swimming. Uh, you have to focus on your breathing. You have to focus on your, um, uh, you know, your inner thoughts and your inner fortitude. Um, and that's how you actually are able to complete races and to push yourself to go further uh, and faster.
0: I love hearing that. I don't know if I can do that, but you know, maybe down the road <laughs> when I'm older, I will tackle that. So tell me what is the meaning behind herb and flora
1: the 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 name of the brand? Yes, yes. so that's that's actually a, a cool story because, so my last name is Stark Flora and my co-founder's last name is Herbette, oh. which really means a small herb in uh, in French. Mm-hmm. And so um, we realized that we both had a, a botanical name. And so it seemed really fitting to uh, use half of our last names mm-hmm. to create this brand name. So Herb is for Herbet and Flora is for Stark Flora. But obviously, obviously we also have botanicals in our products. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of natural ingredients. And so it's, it's just, it marries itself beautifully. And, and, and we created a name that is really ours. There's another thing that's incredible about it. Um, so we use initials as well, H plus F. Mm-hmm. And H plus F um, in French means uh, man and woman, because uh, H is the initial of homme uh H-O, h uh, o h o m m e which is man in french and um f is for femme which is woman in french f e m m e so h plus f is also um uh, man plus woman and and our brand is completely um uh, gender neutral mm-hmm. and we want it to 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 enter the life of men and women equally
0: oh i love that i feel like sometimes Um, things happen for a reason and I truly believe like in synchronicities and it's really interesting how you and your partner I mean I don't know how you guys decided this together but it seemed like everything kind of just flowed and like worked out on its own but with that being said I would love to know what has been the biggest challenge thus far and this can be you know professionally with Herb and Flora or just in your past entrepreneurial journey what is one moment that stands out to you where you struggle the most and where you learn the most
1: so <clears throat> you know starting a new company is always a challenge uh starting a new company in the middle of a pandemic is an even bigger challenge uh and and starting a company that is 100 percent self-funded is mm-hmm. is makes it even a greater challenge um, but at the same time, and, and that is interesting because I think challenges can become opportunities, do become opportunities. It's all a matter of the way you look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all a matter of, um, uh, where do you place yourself and what perspective do you have? Because when you think about it, um, being in a pandemic, you know, for a brand that is, that is trying to, um, Emphasize the effect of exercise, even when maybe you don't have access to exercise, which was the case for a lot of us at the time. Um, A company that also wants to sell you a lot more than products and to uh, help you and to motivate you and to uh, uh, show you that you can do more than what you thought you could, that you're capable of more, that that finding a balance is possible um so this is something that was obviously extremely important uh, that mental health is uh is major and central which is something that even for people who were not thinking that way um i think everybody is today because we all suffered and we all had to face ourselves a lot more than we used to so in a way what what could have been um a major challenge uh, has actually become an opportunity because I think that what we have to say matters and what we have to say resonates today specifically. And then the, the, the self-funding aspect is actually a huge uh, stress and a very big um, challenge. And at the, same time, at the same time, it forces you to find resources within you. It forces you to learn yourself how to do things that you didn't know how to do. It forces you to be very nimble and very resourceful uh, it forces you uh, to look around and see who are your real, your real friends who will be helping you no matter what and will be next to you and support you. Um, it, it, uh, it forces you to convince people to help you and come on board, even if you can't offer them the world yet, even though you would like to. Uh, so in a way, all these challenges are actually uh, uh, gifts you know, in disguise and things that have made us um, become who we are today. And I think that we are a lot uh, stronger and we know a lot more than we did 18 months ago or two years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I think starting a company during the pandemic is a really interesting time, obviously difficult as well. But I think even you know for somebody being a consumer, I feel like that time has allowed me to take a step back and even ask myself, like, what, who am I supporting? What am I supporting? And really, even dive into like my purchasing habits. And I think that's what's really interesting because nowadays we know that people care a lot about not only the ingredients, but a company's values, right? Um, the sustainability aspect, what is in the products and the ingredients, because. For a while, I think sometimes, I mean, I'm not sure if other people who are listening can agree as well, but we don't know everything that's in our product and what we're putting in our bodies, not just for food, but skincare. So I love that Herman Flora actually focuses on the science and you guys have a great responsibility to the earth and protecting it. So that's awesome. And I would love to know what has been the biggest I guess, accomplishment or like, when have you felt the most proud?
1: I think, I think that being able to just bring this brand to life um, has made us very proud and being able to, to create something that people said we wouldn't be able to do. So for instance, I'll give you an example from a packaging perspective. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. I remember the first conversation I had with the the packaging company we work with which by the way is they're extraordinary and they i mean you you have the products you could see the the, the incredible quality of what they've produced for us i mean it's really it's really beautiful but when i first saw the packaging i said wait well, it seems really wasteful because the outside uh packaging is a beautifully thick uh piece that seems that seems like it could live 400 years you know it's like really beautiful it's very well made and we could we could uh, replace the inside you know we could refill it there's there's no reason why we couldn't and and she was worried and she's like well i don't know it's not supposed to be this way and are you sure that you want to take this risk and I, and i said yes actually i am and i'm proud that actually at that moment i said actually we're doing it we're doing it because we want to be responsible because this packaging is beautiful and doesn't need to go uh, uh, and be disposed of, and uh, we can just sell what is um, uh, needed to refill the product. So just what, one example of, of a time when we were like, you know what? we just going to do it because that's the right thing to do. That's what we want to do. We want to minimize our um, uh, impact on the earth. Uh, we also want to go further, which is what we did and uh, worked with um, for ocean to pull plastic out of the, of the ocean and, and, and help them in their, in their quest. And now we're even looking, and, and that's something that's completely um, new and we haven't spoken to anyone about it yet, but we're looking at ways to become plastic neutral. Uh, so to go even one step further, and that's something we'll, we'll talk about when we're ready. But um, it's important, and I think it's important to always push further and to go further in what you believe and not give up and not listen to the naysayers uh, necessarily. Just keep going. If That's what you feel in your guts. You're most likely right and you should just keep going.
0: That is such great advice. And I feel like because you've been in the industry for so long and you are a true entrepreneur, you have to have that mindset and really you know, stick with your, like you said, gut feeling and your values, because if you lose that, then you just kind of lose, you know, your purpose and your why. So I love that you were so, I guess, adamant about being true to who you are and how you wanted this product to be perceived and how to market this product. So I feel like you have done so much in your life, and I'm curious to know what is the one thing that you've always wanted to do but you haven't yet
1: (laughs) it's interesting because actually I've designed my life in a way to make sure that by the time I get to the end there won't be anything that I wanted to do and I didn't Mm do yet but uh, so I mean you are right I've tried a lot of different things you know I, I became a a screenwriter, not a, not a very good one, but I became a screenwriter. I've, I've, I've I'm a painter. I'm a writer. I'm you know I've 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 launched my own brand twice. Um, I've worked with for you know all the the big companies I admire. Uh, so uh, I've I've done triathlons. Um It's interesting. I'm trying to think what. Well, there is still one thing, and I don't know if I'll be able to do it. There's still one thing that I would like to do, which is to actually do an Ironman, which I haven't done. I've done half Ironman, so I have not accomplished that last step in my, um, in my journey as a triathlete. Um, it was supposed to happen in 2020, uh, which is interesting. And, of course, it was canceled. Uh, and then after that, I didn't, uh, I didn't have the opportunity to train enough to be able to accomplish that one last step. So I hope that I will be able to do it one day. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I would say that's probably the the one thing that uh, that I still want to to accomplish, at least from from a, from a from a, from a sport, sports perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will. I feel like if you have completed a half Ironman, you are already more than capable than completing a full one. But that's just me. I mean, I'm never even can't even run so I don't know (laughs) I don't know if I have any say in this but we are going to shift gears just a little bit and every time I invite my guests to come on and speak about their story and their lessons being an entrepreneur um, I want to sit down and just see like what is currently on your mind as we are recording and what keeps you up at night so if there's anything that is stressing you out, whether this is professionally or personally, and again, whatever you're comfortable sharing, um, what would, what is that?
1: Um, okay, so I think um, there's a few things. <laughs> um, I would say professionally, we are at a crossroads. Uh, you know, the brand is doing well. We are speaking to a lot of different um Potential partners and you know finding the right partner, uh, whether it is in the in in this country or uh, overseas, is very important. Uh, and uh, uh, we are uh, we actually are about to announce uh, one partnership we're very proud about, but we are discussing with a lot of other potential partners. So I would say that suddenly keeps me up at night because you never know uh, when you're a young company what could happen and where you're going and if you're going to make it, uh, but we are uh, super um, uh, positive and optimistic. I, I'm, a, I'm a half, um, uh, the glass is half full for me usually. So I'm, I'm optimistic and I keep going uh, no matter what happens. I just keep going. I don't give up. And so I will not, I will not give up and I will keep going uh, to, to make sure that we get where we want to get. Um, it's just going to be a matter of time, uh, I believe. And I think that's true for a lot of things in life.
0: No, I agree. I absolutely have the same mentality. And it's always about perspective. And it's always about how you look at the problems at hand, the bigger picture, and just like life in general, because that truly becomes your reality. So I'm also a half cup. Wait, cup is half full, then half empty. So my podcast is called The City Confessions, and I don't think I prep you for this, but I always ask my guests to come on and share a confession. <laughs> and just to, just a quick disclaimer, there's no right or wrong, and there's this is a judgment-free zone. Um, but I think it's just like a fun way to kind of weave all of my episodes together, because although we are all different, and we all have different paths and upbringing, I think Sometimes our confessions and secrets are what really binds us. So Marie-Pierre, if you can share a city confession, what would that be?
1: Um, hmm. uh, <laughs> let me think for a second. No,
0: I know. I, people <laughs> are always like, oh, I'm a little stumped. But some of the questions that I ask to probably get your mind thinking is like, what is a misconception people have of you? What is like a random fun fact that not a lot of people know about you? What are some insecurities if you want to go in that route? So just anything that's a bit not common on the surface.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean I um it's 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 interesting. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you here. I feel feel like I'm a very, in a way, I don't know if I have that much to confess because I'm Mm -hmm. someone who's, you know, what you see is what you get and what what you see is what it is. And I just, I feel like, you know, I'm totally outward uh, Mm -hmm. most of the time. So I'm trying to think. I don't think there is much. I mean, I lived in every single uh, neighborhood of this city almost. I feel like, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I feel like I have so many memories at every corner. Um, I've, I've lived here my, my entire adult life. I mean you 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 grew up in New York, so you mm-hmm. probably understand what'm I'm, what I'm saying. but it's a very intense city, and i've explored it so much. One thing maybe that I can say uh, is the reason why I came here, which has nothing to do with what i 'm doing today. okay, I guess that's one one thing that people don 't know about me. I came here the first time. Because I, I was studying theater. I was stu- studying to be a theater critic. And I met um, um, uh, a young woman at the time who has become my best friend since then and my sister um, in um, the south of France at, at the theater festival, uh, the Avignon Festival. And I came to visit her. And she, her father was um, a theater critic at the New York Times at the time. And the reason why I fell in love with the city um, was because my dream life uh, happened here. I was going to theater every night. Um, He himself was really in love with the city and everything it had to offer and the culture of the city and the food of the city and everything. So... Uh, made a point of uh, making me and my, and my friend, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy every aspect of the city. And I came back as an intern in a theater. So actually, the reason why I came to New York was to work in, in the theater world and to, um, I wanted to manage a theater here. I wanted to, I came here as, a, as an intern and I was um, doing some fundraising uh, for uh, a non-for-profit theater in New York. Clearly, not the, the, the career I went in, you know, um, after, my, after, after going to, uh, to school and after going to a, a business school in France. But that's, that's what brought me to New York, the, the theater. And, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I, I followed... Um, it was sort of heartbreak, heartbreaking to see how long theaters were closed. And, um, and it was wonderful to see how happy people were when theatres reopened and uh, when the first shows happened, who was clapping and the theatre district came back to life. And, and that's something that people don't know, but it was my heart and soul for many, many years. And the passion that brought me to, brought me to this city.
0: Mm, I love hearing that. I feel like two questions came to mind when you were speaking about that. So one, what is your favourite New York City neighbourhood?
1: the The neighborhood I live in, uh, I live in Tribeca, mm-hmm. and I've lived in Tribeca in the same uh, loft actually for eighteen years now. That's I, amazing. So, oh. <laughs> and I and I moved to I moved to the city. That's that's also very important. I moved to this neighborhood right after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. I actually lived on nine eleven. I lived two blocks down from the towers. And I had I had a, um, an apartment on the 13th floor of a tower with um, a, a big balcony, a big terrace overlooking the, the Twin Towers. So needless to say, they were very much a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I was not in the neighborhood when it happened. I was in France. Uh, it was extremely stressful because it was happening in my backyard. I was wearing the, t- the the towers were going to fall on my building. Uh, And at the time, my fiancé was in my apartment. So it was a very stressful time, Mm -hmm. obviously, for everyone, um, including for me. Um, And uh, when I came back, I couldn't live in my building. Obviously, the neighborhood was closed down. We had 10 minutes to come to the apartment. We had to come with the army. We had 10 minutes to come and take the essentials and then leave. Um, And eventually, we had to break our leases because the neighborhood was unlivable. But because I loved downtown, um, and uh, after I got married uh, a few years later, um, only a few years later, I got married in 2002, so a year after 9-11, we bought an apartment uh, in Tribeca, uh, five blocks up from the towers. Uh, So back in the neighborhood, I've always lived in this neighborhood. I'm glad I did. Uh, The same way I stayed in New York during the pandemic, I stayed downtown um you know right after 9 11 and uh, throughout this entire time and so it's come back slowly um and still living with its scars but um rebuilding and uh recreating life when there was there was death um and and that's something that's very important to me
0: thank you so much for sharing that i feel like I don't know. I don't, I'm like a little lost for words because I was really young when 9 11 happened. And I think sometimes it's hard to talk about. And I've actually never really asked other people like what that experience was like. And to hear that you were living in Tribeca at the time and still do, it's pretty um, mind blowing. And the fact that you returned. But what I can say is that you are a true New Yorker because even though you have a French accent, I will say true New Yorkers are the ones who do not turn their back in the city. A lot of people did leave during the pandemic, but you stayed and, you know, you stayed through the tough times because that's just what you do. (laughs) And my other question when you were talking about the story of what brought you to New York City is also just um, what is your favorite show? like um, a theater show, because I'm really into that as well. And I'm just curious to know.
1: So um, in New York, I have to say, I love musicals. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because my 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 friend's father was actually a, uh, an expert in musicals and he was really uh, uh, obsessed with musicals and he was brilliant. And I think maybe he also um, told me so much about those that, that I fell in love with them, and I would say my favorite is Cabaret, mm-hmm. and I know it by heart. is <laughs> <It's laughs> very annoying to make short because you know when I love I love the movie, I love the show. I've, I've seen it a few times, and I just know all the songs. <laughs> and uh, and and for me, you know, it's part of my life, and I think it's an extraordinary uh, both movie and show. Um, and I could see it many more times, um, and would not get tired of it so
0: mm-hmm. one example yeah I love that <laughs> and I guess uh, we are basically wrapping up the episode so I would love to know if you can thank New York City for one thing what would that be
1: oh my god I would, I would thank New York City for my life
0: mm.
1: you know oh my god I would, yeah it I just gave me shows. I, <laughs> I am who I am because and thanks to, to to New York City I really mm-hmm. am
0: wow well i want to take a moment right now to just send you my gratitude for taking time out of your day to come speak with me and my audience about your beautiful beautiful story and your company and right now is your chance to plug away i'm going to have all of your information as well as herb and flora's information in the show notes so everybody who's listening be sure to expand on that but do you have anything in the works? I know you were talking a little bit about packaging, but in terms of 2022, do you have anything that the world can be on the lookout from you and anything that you can share with in the works with Herb and Flora?
1: Yes, so we have we have uh, additional products that will come out which we're very excited about and they will round the experience uh, very, uh, very nicely for our customers, our future customers. We'll have big news in terms of distribution, because right now we're only sold on our website. So that will be coming as well, uh, which is super exciting. Um, And, um, you know, still like this amazing science behind our products. Uh, We'll have even more information about all our testing that we did. Um, We are going to share also uh, with the world, maybe more time with our uh, leading scientist, Mark Tarnopolsky, who is absolutely remarkable. And we just want the world to know him even better uh, and and understand uh, what he has brought to us. Uh, He's also an incredible athlete. He was part of the uh, national team of Canada in two different sports. So uh, we all are on brand. Uh, And so uh, just more of urban flora and more um, uh, of our own experience that we will share with the world, um, you know, uh, as soon as uh, we round the corner of twenty twenty two.
0: Amazing! And my final question for you, Marie Pierre, is: What is your superpower?
1: <laughs> um, I think the fact that I never give up. Mm-hmm. The fact that no matter what happens, I, I keep, I keep going. And, um, and I just keep going. And that and is... Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Go ahead, sorry.
0: No, I love that. I was going to say that's a beautiful, beautiful reminder for everybody who's listening to just like, you know, stay in your lane, be focused, continue to keep doing the work. I feel like a lot of times in our society, we want everything instantly. And it's not about that. It's about being persistent. So um, I think that's a great advice to everybody listening and a, beautiful notes to end on so with that being said everybody thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode feel free to share it with a friend and leave a review make sure to check out Marie Pierre and Herb and Flora in the show notes and thank you so much Marie Pierre for coming and speaking with me today Um, I had an amazing conversation and I hope you all have a beautiful beautiful day Stay tuned for next week's episode and we will talk then. All right. Bye. Thank
1: you so much. Goodbye.